You're listening to The Breakdown Duo with Deb and T-Wise. They break it down to build you up. Let's join this mother-son duo as they break down tonight's hot topic. Hey everyone, this is Deb with the Breakdown Duo, and guess what? Tyler is not here today, but we're going to give it a shot, and uh, Tyler's down with the flu. It's been quite a week. We just kind of seem that it seems like we just keep piling these weeks on top of each other, but I thought I'd have a chat with you today. I have been kayaking quite a bit this last week, and I thought how fun to talk about some of the lessons that I have learned from kayaking. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go out. It's just, it's unbelievable to be out on the lakes and rivers and all that you see. Uh, we've seen uh, deer. We've seen, we saw a buck and a doe. We've seen eagle. One of the guys saw an eagle come down, grab a turtle and take off. I mean, it's amazing what you see when you're quietly out on the water. Uh, so one of the things I thought would be fun to talk about, though, is we always go in a group. And uh, it kind of reminds me a lot about the church experience. So I want you to be thinking about that as I talk to you about my kayaking experiences. You know, many people go by themselves. They just want that solitude and they go out there. I honestly can't imagine being out there all by myself. I don't think it'd be fun. Um, I would like the solitude, but there's just too many things that could happen. So I like to go with a group. And this week, I think there were about eight of us that went. And it's interesting because when you go kayaking, at least for us, there's always a leader. And uh, our leader is very good because not only does he lead the team, but he goes out prior to wherever we're going. If it's a river, he goes out and checks it to make sure we can get through it. And wherever the uh, tough parts are, that we can make it through those areas. And he just kind of does a really good job preparing. And so uh, that makes it much easier for everyone else, we know where to park the trucks, where to leave the trucks. He just does a good job of getting everything ready. Interestingly enough, though, he's also a teacher because when we all get in the water and, and we start and we come to the first rapid, usually he's the one that leads us through the first rapid. And uh, depending on how bad it is, Everybody follows him. If it's not too bad, it's just, you know, just a little bit bumpy here and there and a few twists and currents. Then we kind of all find our own way through the rapid. But if we come to one that that is really going quite quickly and usually I don't know why this is, but when you're in a river and you're on a turn and the current's going, you know, right towards the bank, there's always some big tree stump sticking out or something. And the minute you hit that rapid, it's like everything in that rapid is pushing you to that tree stump and to your sure death. That's what it feels like. And so I like to stay back and watch a few people go through that so I know how hard to paddle and when to start paddling. 
our leader just takes off and he just leads us right through it and usually picks the best path. But it's interesting because there are several of us that like to stay back and follow. But on the other hand, I love how he always challenges them. So somebody will say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and go through the rapid. He's like, go for it. He might suggest, you know, stay to the left. Don't get caught up in the thing. But he lets them go. He doesn't he's not uh, overprotective. So it's pretty fun to watch one of the other ladies or one of the other guys just charge through it. And then you've got everybody in the back giving instruction and watching. And so um it's, it's just a lot of fun. And then, you know, in a group of eight, there's always the playful one. The one that literally just makes everything fun. We always take water guns. And when we went this week, it wasn't necessarily the warmest day of the week. So it was kind of chilly out there. There was cloud cover. And so the playful one always had this gun. And he always shoots you in the back. So, you know, then that water just runs down the back of your life jacket and you sit in it for the next 20 minutes but he's so fun you can't help he's kind of a rascal so you can't help but but go after him and it just keeps the float trip so much uh more exciting and of course then you have the steady eddie you have the one that's that's always right in the middle of the pack making sure everybody's good kind of keeping their eye on everyone they don't get too excited about the rapids they don't get too excited about the games They're just the steady Eddie. And then always you have the daredevil, the one that if there's a branch sticking out, they go right for it and then try at the last minute to go around it. And we're all screaming and watching. And it's just kind of amazing to see the whole day. And I hope as I'm talking, you're thinking about a church and and how well this would go with like the body of Christ, because We do. We have those who prepare when we go kayaking. We have a guide. We have people who watch each other. We're allowed to make mistakes. I mean, many times we get tipped over or we fall out and they're right there to help us get our kayak and get us back in. There's people warning us. It's just, um, and they're also challenging us. Those of us who sit back there often say, come on, you can do it. Take the lead and take us through that, that rapid. That's kind of how I think the church should be. You know, our leaders, they need to lead with authority and make sure the body's following. Our leader doesn't just get out in front and leave us all. He's right there. And and we know we respect that authority and we're thankful for it. But at the same time, he's always teaching and he's always trying to get somebody else to take the lead. He doesn't have to lead. I think that's really, really important when we're part of a church, that our leaders are mentoring and passing that baton on to the next generation and the next generation. And I see it in worship all the time. You know, we get younger and younger kids that they might get up there, no expression, they don't move. But the more I watch the worship team pour into them, the more natural they become and they begin to truly lead in worship. But they have to be given that opportunity. And, you know, I just think you need those steady, steady heart, those analytics that are always there. No matter what, 
They're always there and they have a good word. They're the ones that kind of hold the whole body together when, when, you know, struggles are coming or maybe we're facing change. Um, I just think it's really, really amazing. But I think one of the keys to a church and, and maybe it's something we don't do quite as well as my kayaking team. And that's allow people to make mistakes. It, it just seems like, um, Sometimes we either were too harsh, like we just jump right in, like, what were you thinking? And other times it seems like we just brush it off like no big deal. And I guess on that part, I'm talking about when we have somebody in our church who's really struggling with some sort of sin, really struggling with an attitude that's totally out of line or an addiction or Whatever's going on, we seem sometimes too easy to just say, oh, yeah, everybody does that instead of pointing them to the word, because the word will give them the truth. The word will point them in the right direction, because, you know, after all, we serve a living God, a God who really wants us to uh, be like him. And he does the work. We just have to put some effort in. And so I, I just think that might be a challenge for us at times but um anyway that's my my little thing about this week with kayaking and um i just thought it, it kind of fits and wanted to talk to you a little bit about it another thing that happened to me this week i uh, have had opportunity to be with a friend and we've been going to a uh, church called the exchange you may have heard of those who are local but this is a church for people who are fighting their addictions. And by that, I mean, they're fighting. They're trying to come back from some sort of addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs. And uh, I have had such a unique experience getting involved in with this group of people that are really fighting um, a battle and trying to surrender their lives. And in the process of getting involved in this, I've learned some of their vocabulary you know the church has its own vocabulary and we're not the only ones this group they have their own vocabulary they excuse me they talk about the book which is their uh, alcoholics anonymous book and their 12 steps so they have their own vocabulary and one of the words that i've been hearing over and over is um a functioning alcoholic or a functioning drug addict. And I've just been fascinated with these stories of these people who literally are alcoholics fighting this terrible addiction and functioning in a world. They have jobs, they have families, and they're functioning, meaning they're getting through. But then to hear their stories about some of the struggles that they have, even though they appear to have everything together. They talk about binge drinking and how, you know, they just, they fight that all the time. And they talk about the stress that the alcohol brings in their, to their life because they're always trying to cover up. And they, they talk about hiding it. First of all, they just, they are moderate and then they begin to hide it in places. So it's always available. They talked about their anxiety and their depression. Several have talked about the mental uh, health problems that it gives them low, low self-esteem. And as I've listened to them, I thought, you know, a lot of their terms 
fit with how we live our life in the church body, in the body of Christ. And I just, I was thinking today, do you suppose some of us have fallen into, sorry about that, have fallen into the trap of being functioning Christians? I don't know exactly what that would look like, but I guess it would be we we just cover up everything that's really going on and we just have this pretense. We go to church, we're in fellowship, but our very soul is in danger because we literally have no relationship. It's all lip service. Um, anyway, I think we'll talk more about that when Tyler's back, but just just really been thinking about that. And maybe you can let me know what some of your thoughts are. Well, this is not something that I look forward to ever doing again, but I didn't want to let you down without a podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed listening. And I just want to remind everybody, I am getting so close. I know I keep saying this, but we've done the final edits. My videos are done. We literally could publish in my new Bible study within the next couple of weeks if everything comes together. So pray for us. Um, it's called Beyond the Porch. I could not be more excited. It's about been about a year and a half. So it's taken me a while to get it together. But um, wow, I'm excited for you to see it. So listen, you guys have a great week and um, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining this broadcast with the breakdown duo of Deb and T-Wise. Share this podcast with someone it might help and hit subscribe. See you next week as the duo breaks it down to build you up.